Welcome to the Points League. I'm your host and commissioner, Sean Murphy. With me tonight is our four-time champion, Andrew Habby, coming to you live, sort of, from Indianapolis, Indiana. Andrew, welcome back to the pod. There's going to be good music, right? There is intro music, which I'll add later. I should also mention that our unofficial sponsor for this podcast is Kettle One Vodka. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I imagine you, you won't find some friendship behind Kettle One, but <laughs> I agree. Thank goodness for, for some Marte. Yes, and uh, if you see anyone around that, uh, that needs a, a refreshment, especially if you're Rob and you're traveling <laughs> out, to uh to see mr scott vanderpool you uh you make sure to hook him up yeah the irony is i don't drink a whole lot of, of vodka but a, a kettle and tonic is with a little bit of wine is a drink of, of choice when i am traveling so yeah absolutely and uh yeah so it's been about eight i think eight days since you won what did you do when when you won like i like i always have had the same setup and it was pretty much a foregone conclusion with our week that that you were going to win so there wasn't there wasn't really any any drama building up to it like there had been the past couple years how did you spend your your day yeah well um each day there was some mild anxiety because i uh, the way i played the week and i agreed i i felt i had a pretty good opportunity with the matchup in the championship round just the way that my team was rostered and, and things, how they were going to play out versus that week one and, and with the way uh, Vandy has things stacked against me. But um, so I still had some anxiety going through the week, as, as most people do, and, and just tried to sit back and, and watch a little bit of baseball, primarily my, you know, where I'm invested, my team's invested. Um, but, you know, as we got deep into the week and as things, because we got off to a pretty good start, but as my team kind of, eclipsed and moved past you know kind of the slow start that i had um and delivered i was i felt pretty comfortable um so i just i sat back and tried to enjoy it because um last year was a rebuilding year i, I mentioned that I, I wanted to rebuild the year prior and just found myself too close to not try to shoot for the moon and uh, just I was just trying to take it all in and enjoy the fact that you know i had a, a great draft a good season and then just kind of fell my way and you know that doesn't always work out there's a lot of super teams that have seen their seasons peter out going into the playoffs or right in that week one so i'm just trying to you know i was thankful to even be there quite honestly I, you know yeah there was <laughs> going into sunday the week prior i was like damn it vandy like you're not supposed to be doing this to me <laughs> um and so that just i just started to just enjoy it because like yeah, I just wanted the validation for myself to just like I did, I did the rebuild right. I did a good draft, and it just you know this made the season easier. You guys, you Tom, you know Bandy made it you know harder than hell down the stretch. And I was just really pissed because it. it was coasting. I was on that was an easy street there. Yeah, we got through about week six or seven. It's just like it started just it just everything was going my way, and then. You and Tom in particular made great trades down the stretch, and I was like, "Damn it, you guys are gonna really have to make me fight for this." And Krabby, of course, towards the end of the season, tried to, you know, out, you know, outkick his coverage and, and continue to, to fucking try to, you know, 
make things interesting um, against not just me but others as well. It's like just 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 enjoy your big stack going into next year and, and figure it out. You don't need to, <laughs> to, to steal some some glory here, but um, you know, yeah. So you know, mostly throughout the week, it was just trying to. A little bit of nail biting beginning of the week, but towards the end of the week, it was just sit back and, and watch you know, bombs hit and, and quality starts. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny with the matchup with Vandy because that Sunday when you two were playing each other, I was this close to sending you your third place money. Um, I, I had about. 3 30 4 o'clock i texted vandy congratulations and i, and I was i was like i was pissed i was angry i was like i didn't yeah. even want to send a text message like i was <laughs> I, I, I was resigned to the fact that i was not likely to lose and i felt like i had lost really mostly on friday there was just like a series of unfortunate events where and it was mostly blown slaves um either my see my starting pitcher had the closer blow save or he was in, in line for a loss and the team came back and saved him from taking a loss. It was like, it was like Saturday, Friday and Saturday, there was like a 15 point swing and blown saves. And I was like, and I just couldn't close the gap or I didn't feel like I could close the gap far enough. So we got to the point where he got off to a hot, hot start on Sunday and his team completely petered out Sunday mm. afternoon, but we got off to a hot start. And because I couldn't quite close the gap um, before Sunday started, I was like, damn, I'm going to lose. And then, everything just turned around and went my way. And then obviously Soto went crazy, but it wasn't just Soto. I mean, I was close enough. Like there was a legitimate chance, but I was like, there's at best a eight, 10% chance that I find a way to win this week. So right. I just texted him congratulations. And, you know, we had some back and forth and then that conversation turned into sour milk in a hurry. So it seems like <laughs> it. I love Vandy. I absolutely love him. But at the same time, I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, you know, it's interesting with him because like, you know, it, we put out that poll that, uh, you know, who had the most interesting storyline and it was pretty much unanimous was, you know, kind of Vandy's roller coaster ride, you know, all year coming in with massive expectations and then starting, you know, starting out of the gate pretty slow and then, and then just kind of being just a little better than, than Matt and Tim down the stretch. Um, I, and you know, in defense of, of Vandy not being basically the, the preseason wooden award winner that I thought he would be, um, you know, he did suffer an absurd amount of injuries to his pitching staff, which, you know, coming into the season, I was like, I mean, this is like arguably the best pitching staff ever put together. Um, you know, and, and they almost all got hurt except for like Garrett Cole, um, or they had massive performance issues, um, and but like he almost got it all right, right at the right time. I mean, if he had played, you know, if he if he had played Kaiser, oh, go ahead. No, you're right. Like it just came together about midway through the season, and you know he didn't make a whole lot of moves. He made some moves, but he he could have done more, I suppose. But it just all got right at the right time, and we've seen that at. at you know, various champions throughout our, you know, existence anyhow, like, you know, people get off to slow starts. They find a way to make it work or their team comes together and, and, and hit their strides. Like there was a point and there, there was also like weather related stuff. Like mm-hmm. I had two games rained out, rained out in, in my week against Vandy. It cost me at least, you know, a handful of, you know, at bats, half a dozen at bats, or you know, 10 yeah. at bats, whatever it may have been. And then I had those blown starts. Like, 
a lot of things can go your way in a hurry and a lot of things can go against you in a hurry too. So um, I thought he had, yeah, yeah. Vandy's an excellent manager and I thought he could have done better in the draft, but he did right by sticking to his values for his team throughout the season. Even after that slow start, he didn't overplay or go on tilts and cost yeah. himself an opportunity. Once this, once this team got right, they got right. He found a way, like you said, to outperform Timmy and Matt, who did push all in, and they just came up. You know, they didn't hit. Yeah, so. yeah, especially Matt. I, I felt, I don't know that you ever really feel bad, but it felt like Matt had just like what, had that one week where he like just couldn't score any points. I think he had like 160 points yeah. like for a week, and it just buried him. Um, so, which is so unusual for a team that's like in the top six. Um, and yeah, just kind of looking at it, like it, you guys, like you scored 367 or just 378, excuse me. And he scored 367. Usually those point totals are good enough to get you into the next round. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just brutal for him that, that he wasn't quite good enough, um, that week, um, to make it. Uh, when you and I were playing each other, I'll be honest, I scored 408 the prior week in the, in the semifinals against Kaiser. I was like, I'm going to have to hit on basically every starting pitching uh, start to, to win because um, I knew I wasn't going to beat you on offense. And I was, I, was, I, had, I, had a pretty, I was pretty resigned to the fact that I was going to come in second. I was pretty like pleased with that, all things considering. Because um, I thought Tom and I were very evenly matched um, throughout the regular season. Um, I thought he did a really good job. It's just kind of like one of those things, as you said, where, you know, there's some variables with the pitching schedule, with the weather, you know, stuff like that. Because he also has some braids, so he was also affected by that weather. Um, and then I just I had all my guys going on Sunday. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. Um, and they yeah. all went off. So uh, yeah. he's going to get a broom. Um, Tom, if you think I, I forgot about the broom, I, I was 3-0 against you this year. You you are going to get that broom in the mail here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, um, fantastic season. What, um, but, but like kind of take me back to the beginning because um, I had you originally coming in third um, and you had the two big moves in the offseason, acquiring Soto and acquiring Acuna who scored like, 850 points which is like just insane i mean he basically he was like averaging like a point and a half per at bat like just fucking fucking nuts um between the stolen bases and home runs like tell me about all that um it it made it easier right yeah (laughs) it made made a lot of fun and um you know quite you know this this isn't a name drop i don't mean it's being a name drop but uh, Brandon God, who is now the the, the lead play by uh, play by play guy for the Braves, I graduated from with him in high school, so he's in my graduating class. Uh-huh. I know him decently um, before we kind of sort went our separate ways after school. So it's been a lot of fun watching Braves games. Because obviously, I was heavily invested in Braves, and then I had that personal connection to to Brandon God. But um, you know, Acuna is, and that's what I was betting on. I wasn't necessarily betting on. A historical year, like who does that? <laughs> right? Right. Nobody, you know, we, we dream of those sort of scenarios. Like last year, Aaron Judge went for like seven sixty, and I thought that was like, you know, who can top that, right? And right. Like, lo and behold, you know, Acuna just goes off 
and goes nuts and um he just it, it, i don't know i mean i paid 30 bucks i paid 110 dollars for the two of them in between the off seasons and and our, you know leading into the season and lo and behold they're the reason i freaking won like it just it just you know you just love it when you invest in the right players and it, it all comes together but um you know, my, my strategy with that, you know, and I've told you this before, I really wanted Mookie Betts mostly for, for second base eligibility. Mm-hmm. And then Timmy balked at you know, what was a reasonable offer. And I don't blame him for balking. I would have held out too. It just seemed a little too early to compromise on price for Mookie. But I knew Matt was desperate for, for cash for Acuna. And I was willing to bet that, you know, he was going to be better than, you know, initial projections. I didn't expect to shoot that far over the moon. But um so when i got that price and i was all in on soto anyhow my my, my strategy going into to preparing for the year was find four really 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 good hitters and figure out the rest and i was able to get acuna i got Soto, i got tucker and then i was able to get uh freeman in the draft and it was just like figure everything else out there and then i got you know then i hit on young i hit on Marte, yeah. oh, Hoppy would have been a you know, really good player. He would have been a monster year. had he been healthy all season. Yeah, and, and uh, Torkelson wasn't terrible. It was a roller coaster ride, but I could have, yeah, could have rode that out. Um, and then, you know, I made them, and I, I just really believed in my pitching staff. I was really high on, on, um, um, oh, shoot, um, Keller. I was really high on, um, well, obviously Strider and Gilbert, and mm-hmm. um, so you know, go we can we can go through it. But um, I just you know, just everything kind of sort of went my way early on, and then once once everything gelled with Acuna and Soto got going right, Tucker got going right. It just was like it just I, I was able to separate. So yeah, so that was my strategy this year. I just last you know last several years I invested heavily in pitching, and that worked just fine. I think you can do it multiple ways, but. This year, after watching you know last couple years play out, like, especially the playoffs, I just felt like I wanted to have four big bats, mm. and that's the approach that I went. And luckily, I didn't have to buy a big bat at the end of the year, and yeah, here I am. So, yeah, I like a couple things there. Like one, like how much do the rule changes uh, help? Uh, Ronald Acuna with all the stolen bases, having the bigger bags, having the rules about stepping off. Like, I mean, it probably gave him another 25 to 30 bags just because of those rule changes. Um, and then on top of that, he obviously hit well as, you know, uh, you know to, to go along with, with the stolen bases. And then probably a more interesting part is what you just said there at the, at the, be- at the end. Um, you know, I have... Uh, definitely been someone that uh, has said that like the pitching is what you should focus on particularly in the offseason um, and this just kind of goes to show that, that you can win it a different way by having um, I'll say top heavy bats um, granted you did have Spencer Strider who was probably the uh, the most valuable pitcher um, you know just based on on his keeper value and performance um, you know, coming in just second to Garrett Cole on overall pitching points this season. So you had a really, really good blend, and you like, and, and I did mention that you kind of had a stars and scrub team in the right in my right up at the beginning of the season. But your scrubs ended up being closer to stars than they, than they were uh, scrubs. So 
yeah. I felt like you coasted almost from the get-go. Um, in fact, I think everyone pretty much universally recognized you as the best team in the league and everyone else just kind of playing for second. But I lost to Tom twice. So I was really <laughs> <laughs> I was playing the get because you, like you said, you never know. I guess hard to beat somebody three times. Yeah. Regardless of sport or whatever, if any sport at that. So, so I did not want to face Tom because I thought he did a good job of managing his team and then um, making the right trades to fill in where, where his deficiencies were. So I was like, I do not want to face Tom one more time because, and they were close matchups, but he beat me twice. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's the fine margin between you know finishing you know first or second, third or fourth. Do uh, do you have any advice for uh, for Dan Gower? We haven't mentioned him yet, but he uh, he was a little disappointed in the the lack of banter between you and I, as were several others. I knew we weren't gonna like say anything because it would have just been completely artificial. But um, but yeah, any any tips? Or advice for him this off season? Uh, well, he's 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 no new to this, so he just needs to maximize you know, value. He it, it, people just view value differently, and yeah. I think you know you view it a little differently than I do, but we we view it a little bit differently than most folks in the in the league uh, will. So just find what you think is the value, and and what kind of rate of return you can get on the on that particular value. So. I think Dan will be just fine. He's got, you know, he's got some good players. He's got some good keeper value. He just you know, makes some moves just like everybody else. But uh, you, you kind of hope you find somebody with a big stack that ends up maybe a little too inebriated at the time of the draft and huh. go your way. I mean, I mean, I, whoever, whoever invited that was, you know, I, I, don't, I just really don't understand. It was mostly brought on by himself. <laughs> I did not understand it. Uh, Betty didn't end up with both Cole and Burns. Like, he could have just easily bought both of them. And Burns didn't have a great year. He had a good year, but didn't have a great year, at least not what you were know, right. paying for, right? So, um, he could have easily just had both of them and then not had Max Scherzer, which was a was which was which a reach play in, in my book anyhow. I would have never been in on Scherzer at $75, $78, whatever he paid for him. But, um, yeah, so it just... It's just funny how, how those things, those little bitty things just change the, the outcomes. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be potentially in a similar situation next year with someone might not be Vandy. But uh, uh, in case uh, you hadn't heard or just as a reminder, um, the plan is to do the auction in Indianapolis, which I believe will be the first weekend of March Madness. Um, so... Hopefully we get a good crowd. Hopefully it's really fun. Um, we'll figure out an appropriate timing um, for the auction where we're, you know, we can go to the games or whatever. Um, but uh, but that is the plan um, at this point in time. And uh, I'll, I'll fill in more details as we get closer. Uh, but fortunately, I think everyone's pretty familiar with Indy. So um, I think everyone kind of knows what to do. Um, fortunately, you don't have to go anywhere. Um, or Tom or Tim and Tim was just texting me about uh, condos that he's looking at in the downtown area um, so which could be helpful um, I will definitely get an Airbnb I know some folks who rent out rent them out so hopefully we can get a better deal um, especially if I tell them in advance and they don't realize that March Madness is that weekend 
Um, but uh, but yeah, so that is that's the plan for uh, 2024. Um, and I uh, hope to see everyone there. Uh, any other kind of thoughts with with the league as a whole, um, or, or just kind of other you know fleeting thoughts um, before we we cap off the uh, the regular season or yeah. the regular season or the the 2023 season? I don't know. It, uh, for for obvious and unstated reasons, this was a weird year, and uh, it, it, but at the same time, it's always a grind and. Yeah, it just it, the time that you have to put into it just to kind of keep up with it. It's 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 exhausting. It really is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, regardless of outcomes, I guess exhausting. So I, I had the good fortune to see uh, Adam Witten this weekend. Oh. Uh, his first few hours. Yeah, he's excited going into next year as well, and we'll just see how it goes. But um, yeah, the, the year was yeah, it was it was a mess regardless. It was, it was, you know, quite honestly, it was one of the more intriguing years that we've had in a while. Like, there was a lot of teams in it, like, throughout the year, and then you had Danny's big comeback into, right. in, into contention. And then, you know, regardless of, you know, kind of me separating a little bit earlier than, than we would normally see, but uh, there was a lot of intrigue in the season. I hope people find enjoyment in that because, um, at, at most of these folks know I've given up the football league, right? Like, huh. it's just, yeah, there's just only so much grind you can do between this and EPL and, and fantasy football. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm only going to get baseball and EPL on my time. But uh, I hope people just kind of just stick with it and uh, and, and we'll see. Um, I, I, I feel like around the corner here, this whether it's next year, I think next year is really prime for us to see kind of a, a, a champion emerge from the folks that haven't actually won previously or, or maybe yeah. have won the chip. So. 100% agree. I am, I, this will be, so I guess this is something else that we could get in. Um, yeah, I totally expect to be in a complete rebuild this offseason. It just depends on whether or not I'm able to uh, move and then rebuy um, and, and be competitive, but uh, I do not expect to have pretty much the players that you've grown accustomed to seeing on my roster. I don't expect to have many or any of them um, this time or by the auction. I, I, I expect to do to. I, I don't think you'll see Wheeler. I don't think you'll see Fromber. I don't think you'll see Woodruff. Um, I think a lot of those guys will be moved. I have no idea what. I, I mean, Otani. I'll probably have to throw back. Um, since he's probably not going to pitch next year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't expect to be towards the top going into next season, uh, but we'll see what happens. And, and, yeah, it's a great opportunity for, you know, a, a Tim or a Jack or a Matt, Adam, any, any of the guys to, uh, to, to take a step forward. And, you know, the other thing, you know, you kind of briefly alluded to it, you know, the fact that, that Johnny's not in the league anymore um, actually creates a bit of a gap or a uh, you know it, it, or, or another opportunity for someone to kind of take his place um, in terms of kind of the the tier one if you will um, you know who who will emerge from that group to kind of assume his his spot will be interesting and uh, I should mention we will also be replacing William um, with 
uh, Tim's friend, and I'll probably onboard him sometime in December, so he's ready to go for January. So, you know, we're still going to see. We're going to see. I think a lot of change between now and, and March. Yeah, I like Jack's position. I like to see Jack figure it out and, and yeah. get it done. He, he's been in this position before. He clearly got the ability to do it, but you know, he's got to have it come together. So, I expect a little bit of uh, you know, I expect a lot of Jack this year. So. Um, I think Jack could do it. Rob, Rob could do it. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Matt finds a way to get all this, the, his, you know, astrology figured out. Field <laughs> <laughs> half the time with some of his ideology on what he does, but it, it'll come together for him at some point. Yep, absolutely. And you, you also mentioned the EPL league, which, you know, that I would say every year has gotten just a little bit more competitive, a little, you know, folks just a little bit more in tune. And I think, you know, some of the additions that we made um, have uh, have done that. But uh, but you, my friend, find yourself in second place um, mm. right behind me. I did you a, a solid this week beating Medema. Um, and uh, it looks like you've got, you've got a pretty solid roster. You've got Bruno um, Fernandez, who um, he's always going to put up points. But... Uh, you know, tell tell me about how the first you know few weeks of the season have gone for you. It seems like they've gone pretty well. Yeah, it has. Um, I've been a little burned the last few weeks by just folks coming back from break or coming back from international duty and, and maybe not getting quite the minutes that they would n- normally do, or they're just kind of a nagging injury. But you know, that's 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 the league. It's a grind. It's a different kind of grind. I think the, the biggest part with the EPL League is just each week is different. Some weeks are mm-hmm. two weeks. Some weeks are two and a half weeks. Some weeks are five days long. Like, it's just, you know, it's just really difficult um, to manage. And Saturdays are hard for me because I'm, you know, I'm at, I'm at soccer with my kids. You yeah. Know? I was like, I'm trying to, and the fan tracks isn't great about getting um, the roster updates loaded. So I don't, I don't have time to sit there and scroll through twitter x or whatever you know to figure out who's who's starting when where what so and i've just been you know i think you and i've spoken i've talking to some others about just how i like to build the roster based on our our rules i like to build primarily through the midfield um i like you know i like wing backs that get forward i think you know i think forwards are a bit overvalued in our league quite a bit um they're 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 you know, boom or bust, really. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I've felt really good about my draft. It wasn't perfect this year, but I got a lot of great players in the midfield. I think I got a lot of interchangeable parts. And just, you know, it's a grind, so we'll just get through it. But um, the last couple of weeks have been a little subpar, you know, you know less than um, ideal point point scored. But, you know, you know, things have gone my way, and it'll be competitive. The biggest part is just being present in that league, right, because yes. of – the amount of everybody deals with the same things I just you know just explained right like you know everybody's dealing with getting roster updates and we're and folks are across all kinds of different time zones trying to figure this all out so every given week you're going to play somebody that's got somebody that's not playing that day because mm-hmm. it's hard to keep up with so I wish there was a better scenario that's what I love about the fantasy baseball things like you know quickly. And it's almost standardized when rosters are released and whatnot. So you know when players are playing and who's playing and when and all that stuff. So you don't quite get that in this, which makes it 
a little more difficult, but you know, folks need to focus on what generates points. Just just same with fantasy baseball. Like, we get in love with players and, and style. There's no style points in this. It's about who generates output, right? <laughs> Usually it's the players that have to deal with the least amount of style that score the points. Yeah. It's you know, whatever's the most Absolutely. straightforward, they're you know, are you getting the ball? Are, how are you making passes and progressing towards goal? Um, okay. Yeah. The one thing, and I, I agree, it is kind of weird on fan tracks. And, and the biggest thing that I think they could change that they haven't is particularly if like a player isn't named to either the starting lineup or the bench, I wish they would just put an X by their name um, yeah. or something else. Because like it'll give you a check mark if they're starting. It'll give you an X if they're on the bench. But if they're on neither, it doesn't say anything. Um, which is really obnoxious, but, um, yeah, other than, and like, they know the, the lineups are going to come out exactly an hour before the game starts. Like they are always almost exactly announced an hour before the, the, the game starts. So it shouldn't be that hard, but yeah, I agree that, well, but they have four different start times on Saturdays and Sundays. Like, so if they're, yeah, like, you know, if you're if, depending on how your roster is constructed, that's that's a lot of commitment to be available every couple. Yeah, for know, sure. Hours to figure that part out. And I've gotten off the hot starts before, and it just completely petered out. So I'm hoping to ride this wave a little bit longer. But um, now that I don't have football in the way, I, I certainly have more time if I can. Yeah, you know, the problem is, is when I when I'm when I'm with my kids for soccer, it's always during the prom like kickoff I, times. I was or, I was gonna ask you what your routine is, but I think you you already answered it. It's just, you're you're watching them, and then you're kind of remembering to switch in and out. I get up, I turn on the early morning game if if there is one that's available to me. I try to figure it out before I leave, but once I'm out the door, it's just like I'm wholly committed to being present for my kids' soccer. And, yeah. What soccer's over? I'm trying to figure out what the rest of my uh, Saturday lineup is, and then uh, it's a little bit easier on Sunday. But there are far, far more games on Saturday than there are on Sunday. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Saturday's difficult, but you know, and everybody has their own thing that gets in their way. So we'll see how it goes. But I really like my midfield, and and I really like my defense um, going into into the season, and. You know, figure out the rest of it as we go. Like you know, my forwards, uh, I can live with. They're gonna they're gonna play ninety minutes. So that's what I <laughs> yeah, who's gonna, who's gonna score the most points from the midfield, and who's gonna go ninety minutes everywhere else? Right. I'm really curious to see if uh, if Medima and a couple others listen to this pod if they'll push back on the forwards because I do agree with you that they're divisive, like the importance of the forward position. And I generally agree with you. I would rather build from the midfield. Um, a million times more than, than than build from a forward, unless it's like Holland. Then okay, you know. I'll, I'll... There's exceptions to the rule, but you know, we're, we're trying to you're trying to you're trying to raise your floor, right? Like you can't raise your yes. floor if your ceiling's tied to your your forward, I guess. So like if if you went all in on your forward and they're hitting, that's great, but uh, that usually comes, especially in a snake draft, that usually comes at the cost of lowering your floor. Yeah. Hundred, hundred percent. Everyone, everyone just—I I don't. Not everyone. I feel like there are several in the league. Like, oh, I just want to be able to celebrate when they score a goal, and it's like, well, they only score a goal every three games. So, you know, what do you do about the other two games? Um, but yeah, no, it's. Oh, go ahead. Into your Guinness. Say that again. Crying to your Guinness. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Which, which I've been doing a lot watching Manchester United, who lost again. 
today in Champions League to Galatasaray, um, which is just fucking awful. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, let's see. I so it's funny. We are going to be going to uh, Germany, not Munich though, uh, in a couple weeks, and we are hoping to go to uh, the DFB Pokal Cup, which is like the equivalent of the FA mm-hmm. Cup. Um, haven't decided which match because they like kind of like just announced it, but I'm thinking I might go to Dortmund Hoffenheim, um, mm-hmm. for that cup match. So be really interesting to watch a German league game and comparing that to both MLS and an English Premier League game. Um, because I, I mean, I just look at that stadium and just oh my god, they just have so many people, it just looks like such a fun time. Uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a good time, and you'll enjoy it. Who are you going with? Uh, Amanda. Like it, it's okay. technically our honeymoon. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, we're spending some time in Switzerland, and then going kind of just going throughout southern Germany for the most part. Uh, but we're we're kind of switching. We're we're willing to deviate if like the right game comes across. Because like the weird part with the Bundesliga is like. They, they don't. They change the match week times and days like about a month out from them actually occurring, um, from what I can see. So it's it's harder to plan in some ways for that. But I think we're just gonna go to the, um, yeah, like basically the equivalent or the the cup match um, and make it easy because there's a ton of games going on that day. I think it's like on a Tuesday. Um, yeah, they're notorious for that kind of fl- uh, floating schedule. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but yeah, floating times. Yeah. I mean, I presume it just has to do with television. Well, some of that is too, but some of it's also they're they're you know, building the the schedule around pushing teams up in the into the other TV markets, right? So they move mm. games for the Polko Cup, they move games for the Champions League, they they just, they just move games around a decent amount. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Are you? Uh, do you have any any big trips coming up? I think. Were you? You yeah. were just somewhere, weren't you? You were just like in. Was it Florida? Yeah. So we took the so the baseball championships uh, earnings has gone to pay for, <laughs> I guess, the Disney World. So thank you guys. Uh, we were just in Florida <laughs> with the kids. So. Um, for a week, and that was that was a lot of fun. But you know, next year is a crazy year. We got a lot of things planned. So uh, one of the things is my 40th birthday, which is insane to say out loud to an audience. But um, if if you guys haven't heard from me or my wife Kristen about um, this, what we're going to do for my 40th is we're going to meet in Oktoberfest next year which I kind of coincidentally, I think today's the last day of Oktoberfest this year, but um, next year, uh, you know, the plan is to try to get people together for a couple of days in Munich. And it's not a trip where we expect people to sort of just all get together and travel around Europe for a couple, you know, for several days or a week, but, you know, folks do their own thing and just kind of meet in Munich on a predetermined time. So my birthday's in January, so I'll be 40 here in this upcoming January, but we're going to celebrate you know, primarily in, um, in in Munich over next year's Oktoberfest. So I hope everybody that can make it can. Um, everybody that would listen to this pod or that's associated with our leagues 
is certainly invited. If you haven't heard from, again, me or, or my wife about it, just let me know. But kind of the loose plan is to kind of meet um, somewhere in the latter half of uh, September for Oktoberfest in Munich. But we got other things planned too. So it's going to be ins- you know, really quite an insane travel schedule. I'm trying to figure out if I need to set a kidney, donate <laughs> plasma, or what I need to do. It's all work. Just win the league again. The way to keep winning the league, that's always good. Yeah, I mean, EPL doesn't pay as well as baseball. But <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm shooting for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be I. That'll be a good time. I like the way that you structured um, that trip. I think it makes it a lot easier um, for folks to kind of come in, you know, kind of around you on a, for a couple of days and then, you know, kind of go do their own thing. Um, yeah. So I, so, I, I do like that that kind of structure where you're not forcibly with a very large group, like for, yeah, you know, a week on end. Or other big trips, right. Where everybody meets, you know, you know, like for yours, like we went to Austin and everybody was together for four or five days in Austin. And then this was like, and that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But when you go to Europe, like everybody's got their own agenda. Like, right. so for example, ideally I'm going to, Kristen and I are going to fly to Amsterdam, see chat for two days, take the train over to Berlin maybe go to Prague and then swing back to Munich. Like other folks may want to fly into Italy and then take the train up right. and, you know, through Austria and go to Munich. Like people can do whatever they want. And that's what we want. We want, we want to invite people to do those sort of things and, and fulfill whatever trip or destinations that they haven't already done in Europe and just get together for a few days over a beer table, you know, a beer garden table and, and one of the tents. So we, we, we um, I have the good, fortune of having a friend who's a travel agent so we'll have some more information we're going to work on getting a table and tent you know tent space reserved over the next several weeks for next year and as soon as we get sort of some of that information figured out we'll disseminate more information but um you know make it your own trip do whatever you want to do you know fly you know go wherever you want to do but just you know if you can make it you know save a few days to meet Munich. sweet yep looking forward to it should be a good time. Um, let's see. Sue, coming up at 38 minutes. Do you have anything else you want to get into? Mr. Champion, four-time champion? <laughs> four-time. Four-time champion. You know, I didn't send, I wanted to, I got, a, I got some nice whiskeys and bourbons. I got a couple cigars. I wanted to send the obligatory uh, smoking cigar. Right. And whiskey I was a little surprised we didn't get that. I, I didn't do that um, this time. I just, it, I, I, I sort of, part of me was like, I should still fucking do it, right? Like, right. It, just, it needs to be done. Like, rub people's nose in it, right? But at the same time, it's just like, I had a great year. Um, I kind of rolled into the playoffs, and then I got a little bit lucky that then in that one week. And I needed all the luck I could get going in the last several days. So I was like, um, uh, considering the year, I didn't want to put people <laughs> oh. further, further into into tilt, so I kind of left it as it is. But um, I think you've got a, a lot of capital, Andrew, to uh, to work with in terms of rubbing people's noses in it. So, like, you could probably send them like a Christmas card with you smoking a cigar. Like, you could do a lot of things, and uh, I, I think you've built up a, a lot of good. Uh, well, good capital with people. 
maybe that should be my Christmas card. I'll just send pictures of my kids having fun at Disney to all, to all the folks. You know, there, there you go. go. Thanks for your contributions. Um, but no, it'll be a good year, and I'm already looking forward to next year. I, I can't turn my brain. Like for the last week, week and a half, I just I I, I still open. The you keep going to the app. I do that too. Drives me nuts. Like I've done that every single day. It's like there's nothing to look at. It's the same fucking date. Some of that money will come back to you. Yeah, I, 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 I it's going to come back to everybody that spent some money. I'm, to be quite honest, like I, I'm, I mean, Timmy, when we, when we were at your wedding, and he offered one hundred twenty-five dollars for Adam to Adam Wicker for Goffman and Adams. Like, how do we think about it? I mean, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you just say yes? <laughs> I just don't know how Timmy's how is Timmy going to recover one hundred twenty-five dollars in that trade? So. Um, and I and I ended up with Gossman, but I gave him um, Gilbert to, to to make that you know kind of a one to one trade for future value for immediate value. Um, but like, how does he recover? I'm interested to see how that goes, and I'm really interested to see again. I think I'm a big Jack fan going into the off season to see what he can do because he's got some really good pieces. Yeah. Um, but how can he spend the money to you know fill in the gaps so that he can go all in on two, three, four players maybe? Uh, in the draft rather than trying to fill out a roster. Because I think really for me, and I, and I proved it sort, sort of like myself this year, is like get committed to some stars and then figure everything else out. Because if somebody, if one of your stars gets hot, then they can carry you for a month, if not more. Um, and then you can always make trades as you go along and you know, you know borrow from tomorrow to make it work for fantasy baseball at least. Um, so be interested to see how Jack turns it, uh, you know, turns those um, those preseason dollars into to, to future value. But um, it should be a good year. There's there's you're, you're, the teams that are usually in the top have little cash. The teams that are always in the middle seem to have a lot of cash. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be the Rob Crab Christmas show. Um, <laughs> So I don't know. Get ready he's for a, that. He's not quite Matt Nicewinger, but he, he 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 fades that way, right? So <laughs> he's got his own methodologies, and sometimes they work, and a lot of times they don't. So we'll just, shots fired, shots yeah, fired. And Rob's a former champ, but a one-time champ, and a one and and quite often just the lovable runner-up. Yeah, he's uh, he's finished fourth a lot. Like, he he does just enough to make the playoffs and then get his ass kicked. Um, that is that is generally the Rob Crab way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. completely agree. So Rob, do better. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll close it all. We'll close out the show with that. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya.